Back when I was growing up, my dad and I had this little ritual around the breakfast table. At first, he'd point out to me something he found interesting, something he had read about, seen in the morning paper, or something he was just thinking about to provoke my own interest. And as my curiosity rose, I naturally would ask a question for clarity, and he would respond with three little words. I'll tell you more coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. It's 11 Central. This is the show that's all about spiritual direction, helping you out as you strive to live out your Catholic faith today. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining us. So when my dad would start seeding my curiosity, we had some random topic and I would ask questions. He inevitably respond in the same way. Look it up, he'd say. Now, this is back in the 1970s, so I couldn't just jump on my smartphone and, phone and do a web search. No, I'd have to trot off to the next room. I'd usually heave a, a sorry sigh first. Trot off to the next room where we kept our set of encyclopedias. So then I'd have to find the right volume of whatever topic we were talking about, and then I'd trot right on back to the breakfast table with it, and we'd look it up together. We'd read and discuss more about whatever it was we were talking about, and the subjects ranged from science to geography to history. Pretty much anything was fair game. What I didn't realize then, but do now, is that in doing this, my father was instilling in me a curiosity about the world and a love of discovery, a love of learning. It was gratifying to my mind to seize upon some truth about the world of which I had previously been ignorant. There was a sense not merely of accomplishment, but in some way of fulfillment, of being satisfied by learning new things. Little did I realize at the time that, in a way, my earthly father was also helping me connect with my heavenly father. He was helping me to draw near to the one who created and is intimately involved with all these things. He was helping me to love God with my mind. He was setting me on a path to holiness. Today on the show, we're talking about study as a path to holiness. And hear me from the outset, this is not a habit just for academics and intellectuals. I mean, if I could engage unknowingly in these habits as a young boy, then there are very few, if any, prerequisites to drawing near to God through study. Back on the program as our spiritual director today is Father Michael Hurley. Father Michael is a Dominican priest of the province of the Most Holy Name of Jesus, the Western Province, and he currently serves as the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Father Hurley, welcome back to the show. Happy Leap Day to you. Amen. Well, it's great to be back, and I'm I'm loving Leap Day because it, it, if we if we know a little bit uh, and do a little studying on this day, we, we know it's a Catholic, thoroughly Catholic day. Oh, okay. All right. Well, well inform us. Or are you going to make me look it up? <laughs> All right, Father, tell me more. How is it a thoroughly Catholic day? Do a web search. I'll tell you, this day was created in 1582 by Pope Gregory the Thirteenth nice. in his bull Intergracissimas. In other words, so here's the point. As Catholics, we uh, want our whole life to be integrated into our faith. It's not like we have our like secular public life, what we do from nine to five. And then, you know, we, we're talking about study today. We do a little study or we look up some things or we, you know, pray, you know, 10 minutes at the beginning and end of day and go to mass once a week kind of thing. That's kind of, I would say, um, you know, it's, it's not a, a 
improper life or a sinful life, but it, it really is diminishment. <laughs> and mm. so the church has always seen all of our life as being integrated into who we are as people. And so one of the first um, cares of the church is to create, if you will, a rhythm of celebration. <laughs> and this is certainly, we get this from our Jewish brothers and sisters of, of fasting, of feasting, of celebrating, of anticipating. And this is what we call the liturgical season. So this is all, we're in the midst of Lent, so we know this all well. And so <laughs> the most important day of the year for us as Catholics is, is of course, Easter, because it's the day when, you know, Jesus rose from the dead, the new day of creation. And <clears throat> in order to calculate in order to calculate Easter, you it's always going to be synced to the Passover, which is a Jewish feast. And the Jewish uh, work off a lunar calendar based on the phases of the moon, whereas uh, Christianity and the Western civilization has always gone from a solar calendar. And so there was uh, Pope Julian kind of created the calendar, and then it was it was basically thought that we were there's some little bit of day slippage, and so Gregory <laughs> the Thirteenth. Said if we want to calculate Easter, because that's our 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 the whole year revolves around Easter. You calculate, and I, I'm not going to get too technical, but I'll just name it. It's the first Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, you need that Sunday, and once you mark that based on the lyrics, then you say, okay, all the other days can be. You mark Easter, and then everything falls into place sure. <laughs> in terms of how we celebrate the the Catholic year. And they, they were just noticing that it was with with uh, observation of the cosmos that we were losing, having a little sun slippage, and so Gregory basically this the bull. You know, the most grave it starts. The most grave and serious matter <laughs> is to basically add a day every four years to the calendar at the end of February, and so wow. we can thank Pope Gregory the Thirteenth for this day. <laughs> uh, no one probably realizes it was a papal bull that that basically decreed this day to happen every four years, and so this is <laughs> this is our Catholic Leap Day. Well, Nick and I were talking before the show, and I, I think this should be declared then because of that, because of its Catholic origins. Should this not yeah. be a solemnity? I mean, every I year. Exactly. I, 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 in fact, suggested to my congregation this morning, uh, based on the fact that the different times where people leap in the Bible <laughs> as, a, as a sign of God's presence. Exactly. That, that today, even though it, it is certainly a Lenten day, but for us privately, we might like pray the uh, leaping mysteries of the rosary and pointed out different <laughs> different different times when when the when the when the lover seeks the beloved in the song of songs when nice. John the Baptist leaps in his mother's womb when Peter and John heal uh, the 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 paralytic or the or the, the lame man and he walks and leaps and it causes the first preaching in the temple in the Acts oh. of the Apostles and then where Jesus in fact says when you're persecuted in the in the Luke and um, Beatitudes he says you know blessed are those who are persecuted uh, rejoice and leap leap for joy oh. for your reward will be great in heaven and so you've got you've got these these points in which uh, you can connect leaping and of course at the mass. When the priest says, you know, uh, you know, the Lord, we lift up your hearts. And we all say, we, we lift them up to the Lord. So today's a day for a Lenten day, but it's a Lenten day for leaping. It's a leaping Lenten day. So a little a, a little bit of joy today is not little, appropriate. In terms right. Of little sursum corda going on here. Yeah, well, I'm, exactly, I, exactly. I am. Uh, yeah, exactly. I well, I see this stuff. This stuff is fascinating to me, Father. And it just yeah. it just goes to, to show. I mean, this I don't know if everybody's moved like this, but I love learning stuff like this. I think it's yeah. it's fascinating.
fascinating. But but the problem is, or not the problem, I guess, but the point of our show today is that this is this is something that is not merely something that it's fun or you know it's it doesn't end with our own earthly considerations. I guess is what I'm. But it's it's actually a way of connecting with God, is it not? Absolutely, and this is. I'll just bring it kind of both. I'll, I'll both give a. a a religious life shout out, but then and also to maybe another another religious order too. But as Dominicans, one of the pillars of our life is study, yeah. and that what that what that I'll just say just to reiterate what you say. What that doesn't mean is that every Dominican has to be an academic, what we would think of as an academic, that is teaching professorially in, a, in an academic institution. Right. But we're all called, both priests and brothers, to um, basically, as you said, to love to learn, to to cultivate a sense of wonder, to always be searching both mm. to know God better, but also, as St. Peter says, to give a reason for the faith which is within, right? So we always have to be searching more deeply for the mystery of God, both in our lives, but in our world and in our community. So it's, it's this kind of, um, it has to be integrated within, and if there's not a sense of love of learning, if there's not a sense of wanting to go deeper into the mystery, uh, we shut off a part of our human nature uh, the capacity we have, uh, which is diminishment. As St. John says, this is heaven, to know the, the, the one true God, right? And so we, there's a sense in which elevating our minds, having our faith seek understanding, is, is what God made us for. Uh, sometimes when we think of heaven, we think of just, you know, idly you know, strumming on the harp or just kind of <laughs> relaxing by the pool kind of thing. Yeah. Heaven is going to be, heaven will be, and this is what that was another say, um, the eternal, and once again, we can't even, it's hard to imagine the kind of the eternal moment of it, but eternal discovery of who God is and who we are and who others are in that light. So it's going to, mm. you don't, you don't love learning. Heaven's going to be a disappointment for you. <laughs> 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 I'll put it that way. <laughs> Start yeah. now because that, that's, that's what we have an eternity of, falling yeah. more deeply into knowledge of God and therefore into love of God. All right, so um, I, I see two potential paths here that I think we want to dispel the notions about one of them anyway, Father, which is, okay, so sometimes it can seem like if, we, if we're if we struck, you, you mentioned the word wonder, so if we're struck with awe, if we're struck with wonder about something, maybe it's, well, let's... Uh, not that I'm uh, taking too many pages out of out of his book, but let's take some pages out of the book of Immanuel Kant, who says, you yeah. know, two things fill the mind with ever new and increasing admiration and awe: the starry skies above, or the starry heavens above, and the moral law within. Now, there's one way, and in that way, when it stirs us to wonder, um, I guess the two two schools of thought I'm thinking of is on the one hand, yes, there's what we're talking about today, that the more we seek to engage with it, with our minds, to understand how do the, you know, how do the celestial beings, how do they operate? How do they move? Right. Um, but on the other hand, some people might say, well, actually understanding it kind of decreases my wonder. There's this kind of demythologizing, so to, so to speak, of the things that cause us wonder that maybe steal away from our wonder. But that doesn't seem to me to be uh, syncing with what we're talking about today. Yeah, no, you want, there is a, a, how to put it, um, a vice to that's in, involved here. It's in the... the um, uh, the medievals call it curiositas, which is um, a kind of, I don't know, a busybodiness <laughs> or mm. a kind of search for knowledge for an end other than for its own sake. In other words, it's like you, you say, okay, I'm going to learn because I simply want to um, 
just for just like for money or for you know, that kind of use from this. And that can be sure. that can or 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 to or to simply um, be skeptical. In other words, <laughs> to learn enough to know to try to negate others, right, or to quench quench the love of others. So there there yeah. is a, a kind of a dark side to that. But I think in general, and it, 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 there's a, and there's a sense in two in which I'll give I'll give an, an example from. Um, uh, Saint Ignatius and my 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 beloved Jesuit brothers. They, there's the examples given that's in the Office of Readings every year, where uh, Ignatius, before his great conversion, is laid up because he's he's got he's wounded in battle, and yeah. he he's there convalescing. And I think folks may know the story, but he reads he's got two sets of um, textbooks. He's got all these like romance novels and kind of like tales of knight errantry you know and so he he consumes those and they're like cotton candy they're sweet they're sweet in the mouth and they're and they're they're a headache and and empty in the stomach right (laughs) right yeah and then then on the other hand he's got books of scripture and the lives of the saints so the lives of saint dominic saint francis and he reads those and he finds those actually a a little more uh, not as sweet a little more (laughs) savory and and not as easy to kind of read but upon reflection they stir his soul. They, when he, as he digests them, as he, as they, as they, they fill him with uh, the sense of who he could be in terms of God's light and what God would have for him. He could, he could be more than just a soldier. The Lord calling him to be a spiritual soldier, and and that was that kind of activated his heart in a way that he didn't intend. But as he filled himself and nourished himself, uh, he found his heart, you know, be wanting to be drawn deeper to that. And so he uses that as the, it's, it's often said that's kind of the first moments of where now kind of discernment comes in. It's a model of discernment. As a Dominican, I take that uh, uh, example very particularly and specifically. That's not just a model of discernment. <laughs> what he's discovered there is the virtue of study. <laughs> in other words, which is a foundational vision of Dominican life, that that certainly there can be a way in which we can use our mind to kind of, you know, for pleasure reading, recreation reading, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But if yeah. our life is simply filled with that, and you're not getting to that, the kind of the meat, if you will, and the, the protein of, of, uh, of, of life in terms of uh, filling yourself with uh, theological, philosophical, scriptural, and devotional kinds of works in our faith, then our, our spirit is really going to be empty. We're going to be, find ourselves to be dried out pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. Great point, Father. Our spiritual director today, Father Michael Hurley, leading us through a conversation on study as a path to holiness, study drawing us closer to the Lord. Have you found that study, maybe particularly of, as Father was just saying, theological, philosophical, devotional topics, has drawn you closer to God? How has that been? Maybe you have a question, too, about how can I continue to grow and develop in my study habits as a follower of Christ. Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. That's sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. And again, the number is 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer, is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Love to hear from you, especially those who, yeah, this is this is a, a way in which I connect with the Lord. I sense his presence as I, as I read, as I study, as I learn more about uh, the universe, the universe that God has created. And Father, just uh, picking up on that vein, there is, too, something about the intelligibility of the universe. That's a gift to us as well, yeah? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in some sense, it's, a, it's an argument. One of the, I think, uh, can be a compelling argument when put rightly for God's existence. In other mm. words, if a universe just comes haphazardly out of nothing, what's how do you explain the fact that us as creatures are made to correspond to understand the very environment that we're in. In other words, what's the reason that makes the world intelligible to us? It's not just that we have any kind of way of 
knowing. We have a knowing which is specifically synced to or in rhythm with the very creation we find ourselves in, right? You, you could think, I mean, you could just, you know, um, hypothesize about being in a, a creation that was just based on, you know, the music of the spheres or something like that. We'd have right. no, we'd have no access to it in terms of our, the, the physiology of who we are, but yeah, just intelligibility through our senses and our ability to know from, you know, our senses to, if you will, the life of the mind is I think one, one of the, the, the more um, interesting cases for the existence of a creator that is an intelligible mind beyond all, all things. And so I, mm. it's interesting when I, I, I love to talk about study <laughs> for two reasons. First, I love to share what I've, I, 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 you know, what I've been reading, what's been helpful, but I also love to just hear like from folks, like, what are you reading? What's really kind of, and it's interesting. I, amongst my Dominicans will we'll often just like, what are you reading right now? Or give me a good book recommendation. So I'd love for, love for callers to call in. I, I, I'm hoping that uh, perhaps in the, in the, some of this hour to get to, compile a, a, a phone-in or a caller, a, a little bibliography for, uh, for, for the next few months. So, so, so call, in, call in and give me your best, your best book you're reading right now. All right. That sounds good. And you know what? We'll, we'll just set that out as a, as a challenge to our listeners right now. Yeah, if you've got some good book that you're reading right now and would love to share it with others as a way to engage God with the mind and to grow in our devotion and holiness, give us a call. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Send, us, send it to us via email as well, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We are talking today about study, about learning, about curiosity, about uh, reading and what it can do to bring us closer to the Lord. Again, the number is 888-914-9149. Hope to hear from many, many of you and so that Father Hurley can get his bibliography up and running once again, although I'm sure I'm sure it's plenty long already, Father. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what, let's take a, let's take a short break and we'll come back with more of the conversation. We'll pick it up right here where we're leaving off, but stay with us. We'll be right back. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers, invites high school juniors, seniors, and recent graduates to study the great books this summer at UD's two-week-long Arate program while earning three hours of college credit. Info at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Uh, well placed, Nick. This is good rejoin music as we're talking about study as a path to holiness with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, here on The Inner Life today. Thanks for joining us. This is an exciting topic for me, but um, I've had from a very young age had this uh, curiosity about the world around me, and certainly uh, theology is involved in that, but uh, so many other topics as well, and just just observations and wanting to know more, and Father Michael and I have been talking about this as a path to holiness, but... Father, there's uh, there may be those who claim, you know what, I'm I'm not really a reader. I don't consider myself an intellectual. Um, never, just like the song was saying, don't know much about history, don't know much biology, yeah. right? Um, so yeah. what what about in that case? What I mean, you said if those don't enjoy study, then they're likely to find heaven boring. <laughs> I mean, so what are they to do? Yeah, no, I would say the, the, the two biggest challenges I, I, I come across just commonly are both 
I don't have the time and I don't have the aptitude. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, just uh, talking to some of our, our parents and they're like, it's enough, it's enough to just get, get the kids out the door in the morning and, you know, go to work and pick them up and come back. When, when in the world can I, can I, uh, have time for it? And I, I just say, well, I will, I, well, first of all, what I usually say to, to folks of a certain generation, <laughs> show me your screen time because those uh. numbers are, are on your phone. <laughs> and, and if you spend, you know, the average, the average person, I, I looked this up recently, average person right now in this country spends nearly eight hours a day on screens, uh, which is, is like, wow, <laughs> that's a lot of time. So I'm like, even if you take a tenth of that time, right? Just a, you know, not, not a, and de- devote it to uh, some kind of um, study. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna do it. In other words, and in fact, it's Nick uh, who's great at the intro. I like, give that man a raise, but uh, he, he makes the point <laughs> offline that that you love, you, you you do what you love to do. In other words, if you really want it, you'll make time for it, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, just a principle of life. And my reflection on that is, you know, they've done studies on like women tend to read books. Uh, which is interesting if you think about books are marketed these days. So we're talking about reading books. You know, there's women tend to read books. Guys tend to listen to podcasts and watch YouTube. Interesting. <laughs> and okay. So, and that's just, that's just what the numbers tell us. And so I say, so for, for guys, when I'm talking to guys, I'm like, hey, what podcast do you listen to? And most guys will have a podcast. I say, well, there's lots of good Catholic, you know, information out there, lots of good content out there. You know, when you go on YouTube, what are you, you know, what, what are you watching? You know, that kind of stuff. And it could be good stuff, but you know, maybe make a little space to subscribe to a couple of uh, Catholic things, get the daily feed. And then, you know, before you know it, you're doing the catechism in the year or Bible in a year, scripture in a year. It's something that's feeding your spirit. And once you've got a routine going on it, it's like second nature. So yeah. I, you make the time for what you love. And so I, I don't really buy the, I don't have time for, I appreciate yeah. busy lives, but if you, if you want it, you can, you can, you can make it work. There's the, you start simple, but do something consistently. And then in terms of aptitude, uh, certainly there's, there's different levels of, I would say, um, entry into studying something, but I, I think of it like a language. I think, I think human beings, we generally, all, all things being equal, most folks can learn. And <laughs> you know, if you have general aptitude, mm-hmm. um, you can do it because it's, it's like I was, I was, someone else there was just had a little baby and I said, how are they going to go to school to learn English? What school do they go to? And the kids looked at me like, what are you talking about? They just, they just learn to speak naturally. Right. So, right. I mean, Good any, point. any, any, any infant, can learn any language <laughs> if given what the context, if given the growth, if given the you know the the, the kind of circumstances. A theolo- theological study is just like learning a language. Certainly, there's a, a set of concepts and words that are often used and trafficked in. But once you kind of learn the language, if you will, a little bit, become comfortable with the language. Before you know it, you'll be able to easily have that exchange of ideas. And and I love the fact that in the opening story you talked about, you know, your dad, there's something um, that's uh, how to put it doubled or uh, vital when you're not just, when study is not just a solo exercise, but when it's done with others, you know, that's so your dad point. drawing you into that, yeah. you, you have that, not only that experience with your dad, but he's shared that with you. Now it's a shared experience. So for Dominicans, we not only study, but we, we study in, as much as we can together. So we do Lexio together, you know, every week here in the, in the, at the Priory, and we have our lecture where we, we have a, we read something in common and then spend a couple hours, you know, talking about it, digesting it, and reflecting upon it. And there's there's a real those are real high moments when you when you can do it in common together with someone else and share it. It's really powerful. So I, I would wow. say if, if you're if you're struggling on aptitude, 
join a book club, come to the local parish Bible site, just create a context where you're doing it with others. And you'll find that your aptitude is probably greater than you anticipate. (laughs) Nice. Well, I I love the suggestions. And by the way, we just did a show on small groups uh, yesterday. So that would be worthy of of going back and reflecting on too. So nice tie into that too. And I love the ideas. If you're short on time and aptitude, um, great suggestions there. Love it, Father. Thank you so much. Let's go to the phone. Suzanne is calling in from St. Paul, Minnesota. Suzanne, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, I wanted just to weigh in on uh, the fact that this dovetails right off of what you just talked about, the lack of time and feeling like your aptitude's not up there. I am a registered nurse, and I recently retired. I grew up with encyclopedias, too. And, uh, but I, it was, I was in my 50s when I was practicing my nursing, and it's like, and, and as you know, healthcare has changed so much over the years, but yeah. it was like, this is my vocation. This is not a job. This is not my career. Yeah. This is a vocation. And I was out there to search, and I had been searching so many years for that question, and I, it's like, I, I don't have the aptitude, and not being a nurse, I don't have the time with my schedule but I thought, no way. And I ended up at Loyola in Chicago uh, taking a, t- getting my master's in bioethics and health policy and Catholic bioethics and then being able to be on an ethics, an overarching ethics committee for one of our health care systems here in the Twin Cities and then a specific hospital health care ethics board at a Catholic hospital. And it just... It has brought me such great grace, and it's not that I have this all this knowledge and I'm so learned. No, I I, I feel fulfilled. Amen. Wow, you you went for it, Suzanne. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, it's just it's it's fascinating yeah. to hear and uh, to just to know that you have, you've committed yourself in the, in these ways. And uh, what a great testimony too. And Susanna, you said you were how old when you went back to study bioethics? I was in my 50s. Okay. All right. Wow. Well, just like what you were saying there, it's never too late to get going, which I think is part of the point that we're getting on here, right? And hey, I mean, Lent is a perfect time to pick up something like this, right? If, if study is not a normal part of your life and uh, maybe you make some extra time to grow closer to the Lord, to love him with your mind and... Uh, yeah, take up this Lenten discipline of further study. Suzanne, great testimony. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for calling in. God bless you. Continue on uh, working for the Lord in the field of bioethics. Yeah, wow, wonderful. Absolutely. We need some great people there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I would, I would add too that you know she mentions actually you know a little bit specifically you know kind of jumping into a little more academic kind of thing. This is certainly possible in a lot of Catholic places. For us as Dominicans. Um, Dominican studies, so with a study to, you know, be a priest, has never been simply just for the Dominican priest. So long Mm. before, 200 years before um, the the Catholic Church decided to make a standardized seminary system after the Council of um, uh, Trent in the 1500s, (laughs) in the 1200s, Dominicans had their own studia, and we invited everyone. Like, if you wanted to study, you can. So we have our own Dominican school here on the West Coast. I know East Coast and, and Central Province do as well. And literally anyone can come and just come in for a class, like just sign up and register to come to a class. Right? You don't even have to, like, necessarily be pursuing a degree just if something is of interest to study. So we, we have a number of folks who are, who are lay students and, and even of retired age who have 
just come and then then kind of joint uh, folks kind of sitting in on classes and, and learning. So that that is absolutely since she mentions it, I would say especially for Dominican life, you can you can study right song along right side along Dominicans yeah. if you want any anywhere they are. It's always been part of our tradition to share in that study with others. Oh, love it. Okay. All right. So if you find yourself nearby to some Dominicans, then uh, take advantage of that, I guess, is what you're saying, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? Yeah. <laughs> we I love it. Stuff too. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. There's plenty, plenty of stuff. Yeah. Online stuff for those of us who are out in the sticks a little bit further. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> we are, we are trying to get more and more uh, recommendations of things you have studied, books you have read or are currently reading that have helped you move into closer relationship with the Lord as we're talking about stuff study as a path to holiness. If you have any recommendations or testimonies like Suzanne did, give us a call at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Let's go to Detroit now, where Rhonda is calling in. Rhonda, welcome to the Inner Life. Well, thank you. I love the program and was listening um, as I was driving the car. and We're talking about a book, and I just have my book with me, and I just thought I would share. It's called The Blessed Eucharist by Father Michael Mueller, and it's a book written in 1860, and they reprinted it, and it's wonderful. It is. It explains in just a very thorough way all about the Eucharist. Hmm. Very nice. And what was the, who was the author again? Father Michael Mueller. Strong first name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, I I actually um, read a book that was called The Name of Jesus, and it was a, a book that was written in about 1930. And the person that had recommended that book had also recommended the Blessed Eucharist, and there were about six that he I read his article, and he rec- he said the best Catholic books he's ever read, and it was this one, and then. Um, I'm, I also read another one, um, The Dogma of Hell. And mm-hmm. reading that, it was the scariest book, but also um, to read it at the same time I'm reading The Blessed Eucharist, it, it gave me comfort to read The Bless, Blessed mm-hmm. Eucharist. But The Dogma of Hell, I, and I have um, young adults, um, that you try to, you know, still instill some teaching with them. So, you know, at dinner, I'd be talking and I'd say, I read the, the scariest part of the book tonight, right? Mm. Because, and, and I told mm. my kids, I said, there should never be a horror movie. This is the scariest book I've ever read. And it's uh, all real because mm. they go back to all the documented, um, um, you know, things that have been written about hell. They take you back to the 1700s. I mean, they're they're taking and because the book was written in 1860, and then with the reprint, it was just like these were wonderful books that I think they should be brought back. Amen, amen. And it's good. The I, I love the idea that you're mentioning, Rhonda, of you know reading kind of companion things, right? For you, you read the blessed, blessed Eucharist. You know the, the, we've got the Eucharistic revival going on in the church, but then at the same time to know, you know, what 
what we may be missing if we don't if we don't uh, open ourselves up to the Lord's love. So what separation of God looks like, kind of a, a little bit of a the sweet and the salt put together. <laughs> yeah, 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 I like that. Yeah, very good. Rhonda, thank you for the call. Thank you for the recommendations. And we'll, uh, we'll try to make note of all these in our show notes as well. But the Blessed Eucharist by Father Michael Mueller, we'll definitely take a look into that one. And I love it that you're reading books that aren't necessarily recently released, it sounds like, all the way back to the 19th century and in the early 20th century as well. So thank you, Rhonda. Thank you for the call. Let's go now to Michael. There you go, Father. Michael calling in from Loomis, California. Michael, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for taking my call. I've been studying St. Therese of Lisieux for 50 years, and uh, I've just found her so fascinating that I've never stopped. So I've read many books about her, and uh, the current one I'm working on is Abandonment to God, the Way of Peace mm. of Therese of Lisieux. It's written by Father Joel Guibert. I think that that's how you say it in French. And uh, I'm finding it uh, really a challenge. It's, uh, he's quite a theologian as well. So, uh, but I started out reading the story of a soul, which I accidentally found in a, in a Catholic bookstore when I was, went in there to just buy some book. I had finished whatever I was working on. And uh, once I found St. Therese, I found I could get a more intimate look at a saint than any other one, either before or since I found her. And uh, I do I do have a wide range of reading. But I've read uh, her, her book about seven times. I've read her letters. I've read her poetry and her... Um, some of some of her plays, just out of excerpts in other books, I haven't found a book on her plays yet, but she actually wrote some plays. Anyway, you, you, she wrote her book for her her own uh, blood sisters, and so it's such an intimate look uh, at a saint. That's what what uh, really stunned me when I found her. It was you could get right inside her mind. She's so honest. And what she writes about, her way, her little way, she never writes about anything that she hasn't already done. So she she works out a way of sainthood and then makes it so simple for people to follow it. And millions of people have followed it all over the world. And all it, it reaches anybody wherever they're at, whatever, everybody from the popes to the, uh, to the illiterate almost can respond to what she's written. So um, another book I read uh, by her is The Complete Spiritual Doctrine of St. Therese. That's an excellent book. That's probably my favorite. Mm. Although the, another one that I found extremely useful is Holy Daring, which takes a look just at her, the daring she had with which she spoke to God in her own words and from her own heart which is the kind of prayer that I find most valuable. Wow. So anyway, I don't want to take too much time. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to share a bit. I, yeah. I also read a book uh, by about uh, how it's called St. Therese, The Little Flower, The Making of a Saint by John Beavers. And what that did was it really, again, opened my mind so much to how God is working in everything Another book she wrote uh, that's written about her is called uh, uh, Everything is Grace, 
which is a quote from St. Therese, and it's written by somebody else, and I forgot to get that book out, so I don't remember who the author is. Well, this is a, I mean, Michael, this is a, this is an excellent start to the, to the list anyway. And I really appreciate you calling in father. What about this whole idea of, uh, yeah, of maybe going in depth, maybe with one of the particular saints like Michael has done. No, I, I love it because there, any saint gives us a particular how to put vantage point, like the prism, right? The saints in collective should, should give a particular uh, kind of reflection of who God is. And so the, a deep dive into a saint like like Michael's done is fantastic because especially with someone like St. Therese, she's just so simple and approachable, and yet she's a, she, she's a mystic. <laughs> so you might right. say to yourself, oh, there's no way I'm called to be a contemplative mystic, right? You know, I mean, I'm a, just a normal Joe, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet her little way, if you really get into it in, in deep dive, you end up with <laughs> a kind of, I would say, if this can be even said, a kind of a practical mysticism, if you will, that huh. plums the depths of God's love in a way that uh, that you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't start with it, but she leads by like little ways, the little streams out to the ocean, as you would put it. Yeah, wow, I love it. And uh, well, speaking of the little flower uh, prayer that was taught to me years ago, when we hear a siren going by, is little flower in this hour show yeah. your power. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll ask for her intercession for whoever is the subject of that siren that is going on in the background. But we are talking today about study as a path to holiness with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, and we're looking for books that have drawn you closer to the Lord and helped your own devotional life. If you have some suggestions to give, or just what. You've studied that has really helped you grow in your faith. Give us a call, 888 914 9149. Again, 888 914 9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take our next break, but we'll be back with more right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers, invites high school juniors, seniors, and recent graduates to study the great books this summer at UD's two-week-long Arate program while earning three hours of college credit. Info at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Up in the morning and out to school The teacher is teaching the golden rule American history and practical man You study him hard and hoping to pass Working your fingers right down Oh, the I love it. Thanks, Nick, for that. That's Nick Scientific, our producer, putting together the uh, rejoined music for us there. We're grateful for him and all of his work for us, as well as Thomas Angusser on the phones for us today. My name is Patrick Conley. You are listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hope you do check out and join us at the National Eucharistic Congress this summer, this July, coming up in Indianapolis, once-in-a-lifetime event. And you can check out travel packages put together by our friends at Nativity Pilgrimage. You can check them out at relevantradio.com slash travel. We'll help you get there. Join us there and let's all show up for Jesus together. It's relevantradio.com slash travel. Well, Father, it's uh, this is so fantastic. And uh, yeah, we need to extend the, the time on this show a little bit. And But uh, um, we've got some oh, yeah. great emails that have come in well as well. Uh, Christina writes in and says, uh, good morning, Patrick and Father Hurley. I recommend Elizabeth Lev's book, How Catholic Art Saved the Faith, about the triumph of beauty and truth in counter-reformation art. Very informative, contains wonderful photos of the art masterpieces of the era. So there's just another going to kind of take off. Even topically speaking, this doesn't necessarily have to be uh, theology per se, um, but it could be something that could deepen our, our, our awe and wonder of God because through something like sacred art. 
Absolutely. I, I've had the pleasure to have uh, her give a personal tour through the uh, Assisting Chapel oh, <laughs> man, on nice. a pilgrimage. And she she is fantastic. Yeah, no, I, so I haven't read the book, but I know. And she, uh, the, the, what, what struck me when she was giving giving the tour was how <laughs> the Assisting Chapel, you know, how many, how much, you know, sacerdotal preaching has gone there. And yet, mm. and yet the art itself has preached with a kind of legacy <laughs> that outstrips whatever words are used. So there's, yeah, there's absolutely a way which, especially good sacred art, you know, uh, a sacred art, which is edifying and which is, which is, uh, reflects that beauty has a real power to pull us into the faith in, in a tremendous way. So I love it. Love, love that side of, uh, of our, of our faith and our, our own father, father Anselm Remo, who I live with is, is, um, has got a book coming out on, uh, cath- on aesthetics, which is one of his Ooh. most popular classes at the, at the, at the school right now. He just, it is not only Catholic sake, but he gets all the Berkeley's work, work next to Berkeley there. And, and uh, so he gets lots of folks who are really drawn not as to the faith, but to the beauty that the faith has produced, right? So <laughs> our faith has produced so much sacred art and things that are just winsome, you know, just humanly speaking, it can be it's a nice introduction to uh, the faith. In other words, what the faith does the faith produce? If it produces beauty and grandeur like that, it certainly is, if you will, kind of a gateway to perhaps the deeper truths of, of, of who God is and, and the goodness of, of his creation. Yeah, amen to that. And by the way, since we already mentioned yesterday's show, I'll also mention tomorrow's show, which we're going to be talking about sacred art. So, um, yeah, tune in, join us for that as well. All right, let's go back to the phones. Julie is calling in from Cincinnati, Ohio. Julie, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I'm pretty excited because um, Cincinnati's a new market for you guys. Yeah, welcome. To the station that um, used to play the oldies, and all of a sudden it was... Um, <laughs> this station here, and I was like, you know what? I like it. <laughs> so I just wanted to recommend a program. Um, I actually participated in it through my church, St. Antoninus, here in Cincinnati, and it was a 32-week program called Just Faith. Now, I know they have trimmed it down some, but there was a series of books, and it was a deep immersion into poverty in America, and it was a life-changer. An absolute life changer. Um, you know, because of it, I joined our St. Vincent de Paul Society. I work for a company here in Cincinnati called Junk King, and they give back um, to the community from the items that they pick up mm. uh, through partnership with over 50 nonprofits. I couldn't ask for a better job in that regard. And it's it was such an eye-opening thing, and it like just kept... nagging at me to do more, do more, do more. And, um, you know, the reading was, was hard. It was really hard. I was well in my fifties. I'm 63 now, and I'm trying to learn Spanish so that I can help some people here who have, um, no ability to speak English. So it's it's fun. (laughs) It's fun. It's challenging (laughs) and uh, (laughs) very challenging as a matter of fact, but, um, it was, it gives you a, a real perspective on other people who have made mistakes perhaps um, mm-hmm. and are trying to reenter uh, the community by, uh, through programs for people who have been in prison, uh, people who have defaced themselves horribly through tattoos, and then the dignity of a person, even though they're in poverty, how they really want to be treated like everyone else. Wow, no, I, I I love the fact that I, I I'm not familiar with the with the uh, just faith 
ministries. But what occurs to me is it's a wonderful way. A lot of people will think that, you know, how to put it, kind of being socially active is the is the job or the bailiwick of like the government or like local governance. And it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, in some ways it it should come from our Christian faith. In other words, there's a connection between our faith, our deepening our faith life and actually living the gospel in terms of engaging in, in uh, kind of aspects of social justice. So anytime you can connect those two, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's exactly it too. I mean, that there is a, a lot of times these, the study that we partake ourselves on, I mean, the, the point is, right, it's it's transforming us. It's drawing us closer into the Lord who then in turn, okay. whenever we do, uh, turns around and sends us out, right? <laughs> Utilizes the things that we're learning. Amen. I couldn't have said it better. Study is not just informative, but transformative. That's, uh, no doubt about that. You just said it better. What do you mean you can't say it better? You just said it better. <laughs> but that's what you said, but you inspired me to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what we're about here on The Inner Life. <laughs> yeah, okay, very good. Well, inspiration and encouragement, that's what we're talking about here on The Inner Life. Julie, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate the, uh, the testimony to how you're going through this program, this Just Faith program, has actually encouraged and inspired you. And now you're out out there and and learning Spanish. God bless you, sister. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. All right, let's go down to yeah, Alex well. calling in from Dundee, Michigan. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking my call. The book that I'm uh, currently reading and just about finished is uh, Catherine of Siena by Sigrid Unset. Uh, oh yeah, it was an incredible insight into uh, a very powerful woman. Very how God worked in a powerful way in her life. And it was very inspiring, and I see the relevance today. I wish we had Catherine today or someone of that uh, mindset and her love for Jesus and abandoning herself to him and allowing him to use her in powerful ways. It was a real inspiration. Um, I wanted to share, though, that I'm reading it in the context I um, had a detached retina, had a detached retina surgery, and for a while I couldn't read anything, and so... My son uh, put on Divine Office, and then uh, the live stream, the Mass from San Francisco with uh, Father Hurley, with the Dominicans there. Mm. And that really is powerful, too. That's one way I was able to learn. And, and, uh, you know, it became a retreat for me, um, just to be able to to, uh, hear the Mass and and attend daily Mass through the live stream. And, uh, but... You know, not only was my eyesight healed physically, but also spiritually. Uh, I, I was seeing things that I took for granted and just saw life in a whole uh, better way. So uh, it was, uh, God worked it out. And my, well, before the surgery, my, um, my wife told me, she said, the Lord's going to take care of everything. And he has, and he is. Yeah, so, he does that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Alex. Thank, th- and thanks, and thanks for giving the... Uh, what I mean, that that book by Sigrid Engs is, is fantastic with, with Catherine of Siena is a, a great saint, and I'm I'm so glad you were able to tune in to our uh, live stream. We live stream twice a day and been doing it for five six years now. Um, every day for best for for morning prayer, evening prayer, and mass. So okay, um, I'm I'm I'm, so, I'm delighted. I'm delighted it was it was helpful for you. All right, great, Alex. Thank you so much for the call and the recommendation. Love it. Let's squeeze in one more call. April calling in from Miami, Florida. Welcome, April. Really, really quick. We've hi. only got a couple of minutes. Yes, hi. I just wanted to recommend the book uh, "Saint Francis of Assisi" by G.K. G. G. Chesterton. 
Um, I thought that the book was very uh, uh, life-changing. I, the way that he described St. Francis of Assisi as someone who is uh, madly in love with God, and the idea of having a romantic relationship with God was very new to me at the time. And I vividly remember after reading the book that uh, I was in Mass uh, waiting to get the Eucharist, and they started playing um, the song that, you know, uh, St. Francis of Assisi, Make Me an Instrument. And at that time, I prayed. Mm. I said, Lord, you know, give me an, an increase in love the way that St. Francis of Assisi loves you. And mm. I just remember feeling this influx of love that was just incredible. So uh, it's a great read, very well written, and I highly, highly recommend. Wow. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, Ch- Chesterton is great. He's also got one on uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. The dumb I knew you were going to bring that oh. up, Father. I knew <laughs> it. I knew, you, I, knew, I knew that you knew it, but you cleared space for me. You made space. You let me take it. <laughs> but I appreciate it, Patrick. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Chesterton's always, I mean, he's kind of a fallback one for me. Whenever I'm just wondering what to read next, yeah. then the Chesterton seems to pop off the shelf. So that's a great recommendation, April. Thank you so much. Uh, and I have not read the St. Francis of Assisi one. I'm going to have to pick that one up, but thank you. appreciate that. Father Michael, we could go on and on and on as usual with this, but unfortunately yep. we've uh, reached about the end of our time. So I'm so grateful for the conversation. I hope we can, uh, yeah, hope we can just do it again very soon. May, may we have a blessing from you, Father. Absolutely. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you peace and love and the wonder and love for study. And may may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, this has been a great show about talking and study as a path to holiness. If you missed any part of it, check us out at relevantradio.com slash inner life. As Alex said, uh, listening to the Mass being streamed was really helpful for him. Well, it can be really helpful for you, too. That's what's coming on next. Our celebrant is Father Matthew Seminar today. Join us tomorrow, as I said, for a show on sacred art and how that can deepen your relationship with the Lord with our spiritual director, Father J.J. Mech. Well, until next time, friends, grace and peace.